Good evening and welcome to episode 278 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamandungwa Kumalo. It's a Tuesday edition of the Private Property Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the only daily property talk show in South Africa that helps you on your property journey. To all our regular viewers, welcome back. You know how we do it every single weekday. You and I have an appointment at 7 p.m. I'm always in conversation with a property expert who helps us navigate our property journey. Doesn't matter whether you're a tenant, a landlord, you're looking to buy, to sell, or to build. This is the show that will make sure that you have all the right knowledge to help you along the way. And talking about helping you along the way, we, of course, have a whole host of other great shows across the private property social media pages that also help you on your property journey as it is a 
Tuesday this evening. You can catch award-winning farmer Umbali Nwoko on the Farming Podcast, bringing you all things agriculture. And of course, one of the things I'm very excited about that show is getting to learn different ways, uh, not, not just of how obviously the agricultural landscape and value chain works, but also how we at home can be more conscious of how you know our food is produced and the journey that our food goes through before it lands on our plate. And you can catch that show every single weekday at 8 p.m. Sorry, not every weekday, every Tuesdays and Thursdays, rather, at 8 p.m. And this evening, she's going to be looking at online poultry supply. Now, a lot of us certainly eat a lot of chicken. Well, you're going to have to get a sense of how it works when it comes to being supplied online. And every Wednesdays, Esther Clanston brings the first time home buyers show, which is always in conversation with people who've not only walked that first time home buying journey, but have gone on to grow their property portfolio from strength to strength. So if you know anybody who has a really impressive property portfolio that you'd like Esther to have a sit down with, then do reach out to us so that she can be in a conversation with them. And every Mondays and Fridays, Chad takes us, takes us through very exclusive properties across the country that you can find on www.privateproperty.co.za. So do make sure that you plug in to our social media program, sorry, our social media platforms and of course all our shows across our social media uh, platforms, whether it is on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Of course, we're now even on TikTok. Do follow us there. You can follow myself at Zamantungo underscore K on Instagram as well as on Twitter, talking all things relating to property. Well, getting started on our conversation this evening, as I like marking the register, I want to see who is in attendance, who is watching us, have a very um, exciting guest. I've been looking forward to this conversation since last week. And this evening, we're looking at the future of green building developments. And I'm sure a lot of you probably wondering, you know, what are green building developments? Why is it even important for us to, you know, have make sure that a lot of the developments that we see, particularly from the commercial space, um, are green? Uh, we even have, you know, the Green Building Council in South Africa. We're going to be exploring how South Africa fares with some of our international counterparts. And I think one of the things that we're also going to explore with my guests, and, and I was saying to her, I'm, I'm particularly going to have us raise this because it's something that she's embarked on. Uh, and we're having this conversation last week is around how we can use, you know, sort of green principles in some of our residential projects, particularly in township property, especially for those of, you know, you at home who are probably property entrepreneurs within the township space. And perhaps there are some uh, green elements, some green building elements that you may want to incorporate um, in some of your constructions as you build. Those are some of the things that we'll be exploring this evening and to help us get a best sense of, uh, you know, how we can have a better understanding of green building developments and what we can perhaps um, expect in the future. I'm joined this evening by Umate Mushwe, who is the founder of Mushwe Properties. Umate, good evening and thank you so much for joining us. Evening, uh, Zama, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you, Mate. Thank you so much for, you know, making time for us. I think firstly, before we even go into green building, uh, I mean, it's the first time that we're having you on the show. Perhaps uh, share with our viewers at home a little bit about uh, Mushashura Properties and the work that Mushashura Properties does, just so they, they have a good understanding of the line of work that Mushashura Properties is in. All right. Um, Shosho Properties, actually, it's a company that I started in the middle of recession in 2008. 
And then slowly when we started, my vision was just to give a good service to my people in the township, which is where I'm coming from. And then as I, I continued with my entrepreneurial journey, my career actually evolved. So we started going embarking into buying properties on auctions and then renovate them and flip them. And then we then realized there is an opportunity to buy lands and then later develop them. And then uh, in 2017, we then started doing business abroad, which is the in the United of Emirates in Dubai. So in a nutshell, Shosha Properties is a real estate investment uh, company. Uh, our foundation is strictly on investment. I believe in, buy, in buying and building or buying to hold or buy to flip. So that's more or less what I do. Mm-mm-mm. And and I think you know one of the things with your background, Mate, as as I was you know reading up and looking at the work that you've also done is we know of course that the the tend to there tends to not be that many women within the you know property space even within the construction space and I think for me one of the things that has certainly stood out is the longevity and how the company has managed to um, grow in different I'll say in different you know from strength to strength but also of course adding on elements for example of uh working abroad i know that with the dubai operation you added that on um but still keeping you know the core of what you ultimately yes. did yes. and and yeah. and i think this is why i want us to then uh, get into our conversation wow. this evening um, when we look at green building developments, I know that you've got some experience uh, from that in terms of, you know, from the commercial perspective. When we talk about even green buildings, what exactly we're talking about? Because I think for viewers at home probably may not uh, have a, quite an understanding of what we mean by green buildings. What exactly do we mean by it? So basically, when we talk about green building, we're talking about a project which uh, has four stages in it. So it starts with a design of that particular project. Then we move into construction and then we move into operations and then we move into implementation of that entire project. So when we talk about a design is that when you are designing a project which you wanted to be accredited or to get a rating from the Green Building Council, you have to include certain um, elements into your project. So we look at light, uh, the design of your windows. We look to make sure that there's energy efficiency. We look at the kind of painting that you are going to use. You also can also use while you can. Your walls can also be insulated. But however, is that the nice thing about green building uh, projects that most some of them don't even have to use brick and mortar. There is a, a company which is called Robot Systems, whereby they, 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 their, their methodology in terms of building is very different, whereby they only use what they call, um, they, they've got some sort of, um, uh, how can I put it in, in simple English? It's sort of like a panels, and then those panels, then they are then covered with cement. But then in between the panel and the cement, they're then insulated, which then makes so that when it's hot, the room becomes cooler. 
when it's cold, like now we are in winter, the room becomes warmer so that you don't have to use a lot of electricity during winter and by putting on heaters. And then during summer, you don't have to use your air cons because then it's too hot. So in a nutshell, that's what we're talking about is to preserving the environment and making sure that we don't use certain harmful materials that are actually are affecting our environment and also is to reduce uh, transportation of certain materials to a site. So that's what we're talking about when we discuss green building. Mm. You, you know, Mate, one of the things that I've picked up when it comes to particularly green buildings, uh, I mean, a lot of them are often commercial buildings, is you, you often, they, you know, oftentimes they look at a building holistically, right? So not just from the construction component and the various materials that are being used, but now when you also look at when it is essentially in use, uh, are the lights always going to stay on, for example? We know how we often complain about uh, in a lot of these commercial buildings when you drive through, lights are always on, even though, let's say, on a floor, there could easily be one person. So they always now put, you know, a lot of these new buildings, they put lights that, you know, sensor when you walk in, in the bathrooms, lights go off when there's nobody in. So there are all these great mechanisms that are being put in, um, and we see it quite a lot in, you know, a lot of these new buildings that we that are in Sentinel, some of the big metro areas. And, and it's always just so great that those small tweaks make um, certainly give you a better flow of a space as a person who is in that building and who's utilizing that building. I think they've even found that the costs of running that building tends to go down. You know, the utility costs, you know, typically go down um, because, as you say, you, you're often very eco-friendly, very mindful of um, the power supply that is needed to also run the actual building um, once it's, it's up and running. I'm, I'm keen to hear from you on how South Africa ranks when we look at our green buildings um, and this is still sort of within the commercial space. How do we rank against some of our counterparts abroad? All right. Um, I think we still, in South Africa, we still have a long way. The green concept, actually, when I attended the course, it was back in 2010. And then we realized they were only actually launching it, if I'm correct, here in South Africa. They were establishing the Green Building Council. Whereas when you look at countries like uh, overseas, like Australia, um, there are actually um, what they call green agents who specialize in, specialize in selling houses which are uh, green. But then when it comes to commercial, uh, comparing to other countries, uh, we still have a long way especially with us black people we are not really exposed into that that industry or that methodology in terms of of building it so we still have a long way to go you know Mata, one of the things that you 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 mentioned and i did say to you that i i, I want us to look into it a bit and you even mentioned we we're talking about the work that uh Mushisha properties does is of course how we can start implementing uh green building methodology or principles in residential projects. Um, and this could easily be from, you know, smaller scale residential projects, especially some of our views at home are property entrepreneurs who, you know, do small scale developments. If we wanted to just use some of those principles, obviously, you know, the, 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 the certainly the, the small time entrepreneurs or uh, we'll say new entrepreneurs are not looking at getting accredited at this stage, but want to already 
already start positioning themselves and making sure that the buildings uh, that they're building right now are at that level? What are some of those things that uh, people at home can already start doing um, in terms of using green building methodologies in their construction uh, projects? My advice, firstly, is to do the course with green building because it is there, it does there. Or uh, maybe get in touch with a, a green building accredited consultant if you can do that. But however, let's say that you don't have a budget to either go and attend a course or you don't have a budget to be able to appoint a consultant to help you. The first thing that you need to consider when you want to uh, integrate the methodologies of a green building in your project is to look at the lighting. Your rooms need to get as much light as possible. So it means that you will need to have maybe put bigger windows on your project. Secondly, you will like to insulate your walls. You know, I remember when we did the, the project of um, the late OR Tambo, when we actually built that project, we actually didn't use any brick. We actually built it with strubels. And then we used a, a cow dung, mix it with lime cement. So lime cement, what it does is that it actually holds the heat when it's hot. And when it's cold, it, it, it makes the room to become warmer. So you're going to have to try to make sure that the kind of uh, painting that you're going to use can be able to hold heat when it's too hot and when it's, it's cold, it can release heat. So you want to look into that. And also, I, I'm not promoting this company, but I think the robust structure is actually cost effective, number one. Number two, the company itself actually does designs for you for free, as long as you're going to use their, their material or you're going to use their robust structure for, for your project. So that project, if you use the robust structure, it, it can actually come cost effectively. And also you can still include your, your, your concept of green building into your, your smaller room, back room, or whatever you want to do in the township. But it definitely starts with the design. Your design has to be able to have those components that can be able to help you to have what we call an energy efficient home. So then we come into the light. So you need to make sure the kind of light that you're using can be able to save electricity. Then we come into solar. Then we come into using uh, what we call um, black water to, for irrigation. So instead of mm -hmm. the water that you flush out, we can then use it maybe when you want to use it for um, uh, watering your lawn. So we can actually make sure that water can still be used for other things. And then we look into um, tapping into getting rainwater, whereby when it's raining, we can have a Jojo tank outside that can be able to preserve water that is coming. So you don't have to use your water. And then that water can also be used for other things. You don't have to drink it. That water may can be used to when you flush out your toilet. So those are the components that you people can actually look into when they want to, to include that. And then there's a, a system or a calculation, which is, I think is part of Edge, whereby you, you will then, when you do the calculation, they will tell you what you need to do to be able to have an energy efficient home. 
If you've just joined us, I'm in conversation with Martin Mushresho, who's the owner of Mushresho Properties. We're looking at the future of green building developments. And I think one of the uh, very interesting things about green building developments, of course, uh, and it's something that we covered here on the Private Property Podcast last year, where we saw that Baldwin Properties um, had gone on to launch, you know, I think one of their new complexes that they're working on to be fully green compliant um, and even looking at getting the international accreditation um, so that they essentially build and get the first complex in South Africa to be green compliant. It's one of those things that uh, they were quite excited about to to take to market in terms of a a full-on sectional title community uh, being the first in the country to go that route and getting accredited, um, which isn't the, the easiest uh, you know, route to take. It's not a, an easy thing to make sure that firstly you're compliant, then of course you do get your accreditation. And I, I'm keen to hear from you, Mate. I mean, one of the things, of course, we know that we're not going to get to a, a time uh, anytime soon where a lot of the residential buildings that we see or a lot of the residential complexes that we see across the country that are currently being built, uh, being fully green and accredited. I, I know we're very far from that. It's, it's just not something that's going to to happen. But when we look at, and as I was saying earlier, when we look at a lot of the uh, township properties and the sort of the township property market and how so many people at home have seen the gap in the market, I know yourself, as Mushrasha properties have seen the gap in the market when it comes to, you know, a, a certainly building and being able to have quality uh, accommodation in the townships. Um, how can people also then ensure that they try to have their uh, buildings as green as possible or their developments, even though it's going to be uh, relatively small scale? It obviously won't be as big as a, as a Baldwin properties, especially as somebody who's just, I mean, you've walked your path, that path right now. Perhaps share some of your experience with us in terms of some of the things that you did um, in the development in Gatley Home. Okay, so with the development that um, uh, we actually still busy with it in Gatlon, the first thing that was very important to me is that was the design. So I actually told my design in terms of the kind of window that I wanted. So the windows were such quite big that when you actually in your bedrooms, there can be so much light that is coming in. So that was number one. Number two, the windows that I actually, uh, we were going to put in that project that because obviously in the township, there's a lot of noise. You wanted windows that even somebody's outside and there's music on full blast. When you are inside, you still cannot hear anything. So that was very important for us to to actually put on that project. And then thirdly, we also wanted to make sure that the Jojo tanks can be there so that we can actually utilize rain uh, water to be able for gardening, for any other thing. So we actually put that on that project. And also it was the type of um, material, or I wouldn't say material, the type of painting that we're going to use. Certain paintings are good to be used inside the house for certain reasons to keep, to release the heat when, when it has to do that and to keep the heat when it's, it's actually needs to do that. And then that entire project is going to be built with a robot system structure, strictly robot. We're not gonna use any bricks. Everything that we're going to do, it will just be panels inside that will be insulated and then we're gonna put cement. 
is mm. number one cost effective number two it's actually green building so yeah mm. that's what we are busy with on that project in Katahong Mm. And and Matthew, you know, a lot of people perhaps at home might be thinking, why why go the green building route? Um, especially because so many of us, I guess, are also just so used to you know bricks and mortar and and the way of building that where we've become accustomed to. Why go the green building route, or what benefit uh, would people ultimately get from from going that route? I think it's about the environment. Uh, number one. Number two is trying to make sure that we move into where the, what the whole world is moving into when it comes to construction. Number three, I think for me, the interest actually started when I did that project in, 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 in Whitefield and it was my first project of green building and then actually went to do the course. And I saw value in that, that later on, I can actually get an accreditation for my project and then it can get a rating. So that would mean that in when somebody wants to sell or they want to buy into that project, we can say this is a green building accredited project. So it sort of like gives the project a value or on its own. Just getting accreditation is value for the entire project. And also there is no green building project in any township that I know about. So um, that's the reason why I wanted to do that in, in the township and to also bring those uh, elements of green building and integrating in a gassy lifestyle whereby when somebody is on a make your neighbor decide to make a full blast music you don't have to be disturbed in your own house and also because of low shading problems that we're having in south africa whereby um electricity is not here we can be able to put certain lighting systems that even if uh, electricity actually the electricity bill is very high that's actually my mistake it's very high so when we implement energy efficient methodologies we can save on electricity we can put solar panels which is obvious a lot of people are doing that the water uh, bills are also very high so when you want to water your garden you don't have to use the water you can actually use a jojo tank or you can use uh, the water that is coming from the what we call dark water to water your garden and you know, Matt, I think one of the, the 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 downsides to often a lot of properties, and you've just highlighted it now, is the rising utility costs. So your water and electricity bill is you know continuously keeps going up. And I think, in as much as as a property developer or even as a landlord, that's a cost that uh, goes to your tenant. You also want to make sure that your your tenant is able to afford all the payments that they have to make towards you. So firstly, that they can pay the rental, because obviously that's what you as the the landlord are banking on and then that the cost of their water and electricity um, is, is kept as low as possible and I think one of the things we, we are seeing that uh, you know the different power suppliers keep increasing tariffs and you know municipalities are also increasing their tariffs so property entrepreneurs are also just going to have to think about how do they or how are they going to provide value for their tenants in the future and also just try to keep their tenants costs as low as possible so if you're putting in solar for example you know that uh, the electricity bill is at least going to go down if you're going to have alternative ways for them to, for example, um, use power within the, the apartment, perhaps even gas, 
stress, uh, a gastro, for example, those are certain interventions that as a property entrepreneur, you already know that you're thinking about the person who's going to be living uh, in your property and that they're not going to have a very high electricity bill or a very high water bill um, for that matter. But before we, you know, I let you go, I think any tips for viewers at home who are exploring um, or certainly even building in, you know, at home or even are looking at doing a small development or doing a small um, you know, apartments in their own backyard, any tips for them in terms of just being uh, very environmentally efficient, we'll call it that, or being very mindful of the impact that their construction project uh, is going to have on the environment and just ways that they can um, use better tools and just think through uh, being as green as possible. All right, just before I answer your question, I actually wanted to add um, one point which I think is very important when it comes to green building developments is to actually making sure that there's an allocation for people who are bikers or people who are using bicycles. You realize that most of the projects that it only uh, has a parking bay for people who have got cars, but nobody actually, uh, some people decide they want to have their own bikes whereby they can use a bike to go to the mall or to go to work. So you actually can put that into your project. And then also just for an advice to anybody who just wants to start out in their own bedroom, the first thing is that try to make sure that your design, your design, your design is so important in, in a green building project. Try to make sure that your design actually is will allow you to have an energy efficient home. So your, your windows, you can actually capitalize on your windows. Try to have bigger windows, but then when you have bigger windows, they will bring in more light. That's number one. Number two is try to make sure that maybe on your bedrooms, uh, the last bedroom, you can put a Jojo tank. And then with the Jojo tank, when your tenants, they want to wash their cars or they want to do anything, they don't have to use the water. They can actually just use the water from the Jojo tank. That's number two. Number three is just to make sure that the kind of painting that you are going to use, there are certain paintings which then helps you that when it's too hot, and then it will absorb that heat. And then when it's too cold, it will release the heat so that your tenant don't have to use a lot of uh, heaters and then because uh, the electricity bills is very high in South Africa. And then mm -hmm. number four is to actually make sure that uh, if you can, those who can afford it is to insulate the walls, insulate the walls inside, because insulating the walls actually is part of a building a energy efficient homes. And then it will come into your lighting, making sure the type of globes that you are using are energy efficient globes, whereby they can last longer. And also there are those type of clothes that when there's low shading, automatically then they'll go on as if uh, electricity is still there. So those are the mm -hmm. things that I think anybody who's building a, a bedroom, they can do that. There's the project that we did uh, in Villa Lisa, and it's actually, that's exactly what we did there. Mm. And those are certainly great tips, Mate. Thank you so much for sharing and, of course, joining us this evening. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Okay. Thank you. And that is Umate Mushreshre, who's the owner at Mushreshre Properties. And that brings us to the end of this evening's edition of the Private Property Podcast with myself, Uzamandungwa Kumalo. I don't leave you alone. You can catch Umbalinwago at 8 p.m. with the Farming Podcast. Until then, hoping you're staying home and staying safe. <laughs>